1: So, Sarah, it really wasn't all that long ago, and for those of you who've been counting October to be exact, that Stephen A. Smith of ESPN, he claimed that the Ravens weren't getting their money's worth from Lamar Jackson.
2: And Bobby, he has a more recent message that is much more encouraging and one that I agree with, but given his past and all the things he's said about Lamar, it's a little rich with how he's preaching how Lamar should be talked about today. It's just a little bit hypocritical, but the right message in the end.
1: Spoiler alert, we keep kept our receipts yet again. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside Sarah Ellison. It is Friday, January 19th, and this is your Morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault.
2: So we've got it. The final injury report ahead of Saturday's divisional matchup. And guess what? Marlon Humphrey, he's officially been ruled out, but the door has been left wide open for a potential return of Mark Andrews.
1: Plus, John Harbaugh and Dalvin Cook both spoke about what his role might be now that he's officially a member of the team's 53-man roster.
2: Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So, Bobby, um, you you found it first uh, – on ESPN first take the crew was talking about the question was uh if Lamar will Lamar be able to get rid of the p- playoff narrative if he doesn't win the Super Bowl that was the question felt like the crew didn't really answer that question answered a different different question um but Stephen A Smith came on and he actually had a lot of good to say about Lamar in fact he was echoing a message that we just played in in yesterday's Morning Vault episode with John Harbaugh that was, you know, kind of in tune with one another. Anything else you want to say to set it up? You're the one who found it.
1: I will do it on the other side. Here he is. And again, it doesn't really answer the question. Yeah. But he is giving Lamar his flowers, unlike he and Shannon Sharp did uh, back in October, which, of course, we'll have that in just a second as well, just in case you forgot.
3: Well, I just wanted to point out that, you know, when when Dan uh, brings up You know how, you know, typically the prototypical quarterback didn't look nor sound uh, like like a Lamar Jackson. He's absolutely right. And what happens is throughout history on too many occasions. You know, things of that nature are you were used and to this day are still used in various in various uh, avenues of our lives uh, to pigeonhole and marginalize folks. Um, and that's the beauty of sports. And I think it's important to bring that out because sports is the closest thing I believe we have in this country to a meritocracy where you can go out there and perform and that proverbial glass season is a uh, glass ceiling isn't hovering over you and holding you down and holding you back because I. I assure you, if there was a proverbial glass ceiling, Lamar Jackson would have been held back. Folks already tried. They tried to get him not to be a quarterback. They tried to get him to be a running back. They tried to they tried to dissuade him from doing what he knew he could do. And this Innate belief in himself, this elevated level of confidence pushed him forward, even when he was representing himself. All of us questioned it because we talked about how agents and what have you are connected to the NFL culture and they have the connections and they have the relationships and how unwise it was for him to be a representative for himself. And what did he do? He goes out there and he gets his $260 million contract. That's what he did. And then he goes back out onto the field and he performs. Think about all the quarterbacks we're looking at and think about what the NFL has opened itself up to, because now that you've seen this guy go out on the field and perform that way. No, he may not come across as the most polished individual in the world who cares. He goes about the business of doing his job on a very, very, very elite level. And it's opened up opportunities for a whole bunch of people down the pike who may look a little bit like him, who may sound a little bit like him. And it's not going to get stopped. That is the beauty and the greatness and Mm -hmm. the appreciation we should show to Lamar Jackson. And him winning a Super Bowl would just be icing on the cake.
1: So, hey, that's a monologue that, like you said, resonates with us. There's no doubt that it's factual. We're in line with that. But that hasn't been the main topic that that Stephen A has consistently brought forward, whether it be in debate or tangents, kind of like what he just did there. like That was a tangent. It deviated away from what the topic was. I'm sure that having watched the entire segment, he thinks that Lamar does, and exactly what you heard there at the end, it'll be gravy if he wins the Super Bowl, suggesting that in order to shatter that narrative of of him in the postseason. He doesn't need to win it this year. Sure seems like that. Uh, But big picture, you got to go back to what he was saying. Just in October, three months ago, when after an eight-drop game from some of his playmakers, Seraph, eight drops in that Steelers loss, he had this to say about the whole are the Ravens getting their money's worth topic debate.
3: The question is are the Ravens getting their money's worth from Lamar Jackson? No. The answer is no. No.
1: The answer is no. And Shannon Sharp, somewhere off screen in LA, <laughs> screaming, "No, no, no!" So, yeah, look, um, it's he's, he's come around. We got to give him, got to give him some love for that, right? Because that was really well said, Stephen. A. I, I thought from a monologue standpoint, it was all succinct, um, and I, I felt like he made a, a, a ton of great points there. But I know where you're going to go with this. He's just far, far too inconsistent, far too hot and cold. You go all the way back to the contract stuff a year ago. Right, last March. I mean, it's it is like riding a roller coaster going with Stephen A and his takes.
2: Yeah. So um, okay, first of all to the question, would Lamar Jackson need to change this the win the Super Bowl to change the playoff narrative? It depends on which playoff narrative you're talking about. If you're saying, oh, he can't win in the playoffs, he's only one in three. If he went to the Super Bowl and lost, like he blew out that narrative. He would then have, let's see, if he were to win the the two, then he'd become uh basically at 500 and so it'd be like well nobody's very few people have above 500 you know in the playoffs like you usually win it or you or you lose it so you're gonna have always one more losing one in the losing column than in the winning column for the vast majority of of quarterbacks right so um so i think he he could go to the super bowl lose and people be like okay he can win in the playoffs now but if we're talking to this bigger picture about kind of what he's speaking to or what what John Harbaugh was speaking to yesterday, which is this idea that Lamar has revolutionized the quarterback position. That narrative for some will not be changed until he wins it. Right? So there are still people. So when I put out that clip on Twitter uh, or I transcribed it, there were some people on Twitter being like, "Well, well, he hasn't won the Super Bowl. You can't win the Super Bowl like this. There's, there's those people out there. And I remember, remember how Jeremy Fowler gets quotes from anonymous executives. And there was one that said, it doesn't matter how many MVPs he gets. Like you can't win. You know what I mean? There's, there's definitely going to be a group of people that are like, you have to prove to me that you can win with your quarterback. Um, also running because Lamar is a true dual threat, which is what we got into yesterday. He's not just a mobile passer, or he's not just a running, a running quarterback. He's a true dual threat, meaning he's an all around can do it all that either past athletes may have been able to do it, but coaches didn't allow them to do it. And they neutered what they could do athletically and just wanted to do passing or they used them as a gadget guy, right? Like Lamar to me is the first true, true, true dual threat and that he can do it. And the organization's allowing him to do it. And even though it's taken some years to get to this point where he's, he's fully dual, dual threat. So, in order for him to be truly revolutionary, there's going to be people that are going to say, "I want to see you win the Super Bowl with it." In order to change that narrative, right? So, um, so in a big picture, what Stephen A. and I think his co-host said—we're not going to get into all of them, but they all are correct in that sense. So, correct message, but the messenger is Stephen, as Stephen A. is, is definitely tainted. Not only did he, did he, like he's sitting there saying, we sh- even if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, we should respect Lamar and honor Lamar for changing it for future quarterbacks that are like him. That's true. But of all people, if, if you wanted to show that respect of all people, it's been some of the most disrespectful commentary this whole season has come from first take. It's been Stephen A. So it's not only the... It's
1: been a lot of Shannon too
2: it's been shannon it's been that show and it's been like you know well you know we have a different standard for him so we're gonna gonna talk harsher on him or it's gonna be like he's not worth the money and then and then a few weeks later stephen a treats us like we have amnesia and he's like well i didn't say that you know and then he started using um uh, technicalities to try to get out of it but when he even when he used technicalities his reasoning was that, well, Lamar hasn't won enough playoff games. We could go back and have clip after clip after clip of Stephen A. talking about his playoff record. And then here he's saying, well, regardless of the record, you have to give him his due for the way he's changed the quarterback position. I agree, but you've been more harsh than anybody. So, um, and, and, and also, and, the, and somebody like Colin Cowherd, right? Colin Cowherd, who was dead wrong about Lamar. He time and time and time again says, hey, I got it wrong. Stephen A. Instead of saying "Hey, I got it wrong," he just pretends that he never said what he said. That's like that's more kind of kind of the issue. Like, how how are we are we just going to pretend that you haven't been disrespecting him all season long, and then all of a sudden you're going to tell everybody else how we should talk about him? We've already been we've been here, Stephen A. We've been here. So anyway, agree agree with the the sentiment. Lamar has revolutionized it. He is opening the way for other quarterbacks like him, even if. Even if there are still going to be some out there that are going to be like, well, let me see him win the Super Bowl first. I feel like he's changed enough minds so far, but then I think if he were to win the Super Bowl, like nobody can say anything about whether a dual threat quarterback can win it all.
1: Makes you think, too, in the concept and format that is debate sports talk, which first take is, if Stephen A went with essentially suggesting that no, he doesn't need to win a Super Bowl in order to shatter this debate. Dan Orlovsky, on the other hand, and we're not going to play it for you, he, he actually thinks he has to. And I'll read you what I transcribed mm-hmm. on Twitter because I built an episode around this on my personal channel on Thursday. And he says, look, players that sound, look, and play like Lamar were never supposed to win Super Bowls in the NFL. In people's eyes, not in Dan's eyes, in people's eyes, they were never supposed to win Super Bowls in the NFL. He goes on to say, I think Lamar is very unapologetically aware of it that he can't just get there, he has to win it. I'm telling you right now, I really appreciated the way that Dan presented his argument. He's not saying that in his mind Lamar has to win a Super Bowl. He's talking about these people that we're referring to. These yeah, unnamed gonna, people. Right whether it's, dumb, Pullian, yeah. whether it's Bill Pollian, whether it's the woman from Fox Sports who says quarterbacky, whether it's, you know, not bad for a running I mean wh- whatever there's going to be people out there. But to yeah. me Dan just did a, a fantastic job of explaining the years and years worth of hesitancy whether it's from league owners, whether it's from old school NFL people that have been hesitant, that have been almost fearful of going away from the prototypical quarterback and 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 look, I thought Skept did a good job. What he texted you the other day. Like mm-hmm. There's been people that have come before him. And -hmm. you mentioned a few of those guys. Mike Vick comes to mind. Cam Newton comes to mind. right? Those those guys come to mind. There's many more out there. Lamar has taken it to another level. And what's immediately followed, unlike those guys, what's immediately followed is an infusion of other organizations trying to do the same thing with Lamar. And I think we're going to see that with this year's draft class in particular. With Caleb Williams probably coming off the top. So right. Anyway. And,
2: and to Skep's point though, like for Michael Vick, that athleticism was was restricted in a way because his his rushing would be all scrambling, right? Yeah. There were there were or not all, but you you know what I mean. It was far less like designed running, sure. whereas like the Ravens leaned into that and were under threat. Fr- now maybe they leaned in too far, right? In maybe twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, especially maybe they leaned too far and didn't try to evolve early enough with, as they're doing now with Todd Munkin. But to skep's point, there were guys who were capable, but then it w- there wasn't a marriage of a of an athlete that was capable of being both dual threat but also an organization that was trying to develop both. Right. It, like it, it really, there really hasn't been a perfect marriage of that just yet. And hopefully Lamar's opening more organizations minds that wait, we should be trying to get a quarterback that can do all of it because now it's going to now like, why wouldn't we have right. because this is super hard to stop, you know? Right. So that's that's kind of that's kind of the hope. Meanwhile, here's what's funny. Here we are having like heavy discussions on like um if 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 this is going to change a playoff narrative? Does it is it is it revolutionary? And and will it open doors for other quarterbacks like him? Meanwhile, here's Lamar, uh, and I'll show you the video here in a second. So uh you know I just put out this tweet from it. You know media. Lamar Jackson is under the most pressure of any player heading into the playoffs. We hear that all the time. Meanwhile, what's Lamar doing? Well, Ravens media caught up with him. They were talking about who are the who are the five guys you would on the Ravens squad that you would start on a basketball team. Lamar is in the middle of answering that, and then he gets ambushed uh, by his teammates with snowballs. I want people to. Oh, 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 oh. hey,
3: you must see my highlights.
1: You can't throw.
0: Come buddy.
2: And all of these things that we're talking about, while I get why we're talking about it, it's being talked about on ESPN and everywhere else. Lamar cannot put all that pressure on him heading into this game. He's he's he already knows he's already done the work. He's done all the work. He's got the pieces around him. And and Hardball even spoke to it. He was asked. He was asked Thursday, like, w- what does it show to have these, you know, all these players, you know. Feeling happy and and he's like, yeah, you got to work and you got to prepare, but you also got to stay loose. You have to stay loose. And I love that. Like here we are having these heavy conversations, and Lamar's like laughing it up with his teammates, staying loose. He knows what's at stake, but there's no reason to put extra burden or extra weight as you're heading into this game.
1: Hey, they're businesslike. We all know that. Roquan's given us great insight into how that's been the case, but externally, especially through social media, great to see that there is that 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 loose environment internally going into. You know, the next the next playoff game is your biggest playoff game ever, as far as I'm concerned. So this is one of the biggest games of his career in Lamar's case coming up. All right, Dalvin Cook. As we learned during our recording with John McLean, and if you haven't done so already, go check it out. It's our official Ravens Texans game preview with a six ten sports radio columnist, John McClain, Texas Sports Hall of Famer, somebody who we had on to preview the Texans in week one, you might remember. For those of you who've been with us all season long, uh, he was really good. But what we learned was that Dalvin Cook, instead of being a game day practice squad elevation, like some of us predicted he might be, myself included, the Ravens just said, heck with it. We're going to make you, (laughs) we're giving you a roster spot. And that's what they did. Melvin Gordon was waived earlier this week. um, uh, Dalvin Cook, the corresponding move signed. And here he is talking about the running back room, his role. And a few other things ahead of his first game as a Ravens. Everybody in that room, great people, man. Um, but for me, I'm just looking to come add who Dalvin Cook is, just a little
3: flavor to it. Um, those guys have been productive all year. You, you got to give credit to those guys. They've been grinding all year. But I'm just looking to come add a little flavor, man. Come just add a couple more plays to help this organization win. It's the playoffs, man. You got. You know, I'm to, not literally dialed that, but I'm ready. To, I'm ready to give it, give it all I got, man. Everything I got in the tank. It's the playoffs, man. Really, I'm not specifically. I'm not looking forward to like a role or anything. They call 31 number. I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna be out. That's I'm going. <laughs> I'm gonna be on the field. I'm gonna be ready to make a play. But for me, though, honestly, you no, know, Gus, uh, Justice, they put the work in all year, man. You know, you gotta, you gotta credit those guys. So, whatever my role is, whatever they call upon me, they don't get a thousand percent, out of doubt.
1: All right, so that's Dalvin speaking with reporters. John Harbaugh was asked about what his role might be, and he had this to say.
4: Right, yeah, Dalvin will, will, uh, will be in there. Uh, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him and for us. You know, be looking forward to seeing how he does. You know, it's new. We haven't seen him out there. Just like you guys haven't seen him, we haven't seen him. We've seen him in practice. He looks good, and, uh, you know, he's going to be out there like everybody else trying to do whatever he can do to help us win the game
1: good enough to give him a 53 man roster spot. How about that?
2: Yeah, he's going to be out there. I don't know how many I don't know how many snaps he's going to get, but it's pretty clear he's going to be out there and I love Dalvin's attitude. It's it's like, "Hey, I'm not coming in here to bust on Gus or Justice or, you know what I mean? He gave he gave a hat tip to them and he's just saying, Wh- "Whatever they they want to give me, they're going to get, you know, everything out of me." It's the perfect it's the perfect mindset to to have going into this and there's other clips where I mean, he's he is genuinely appreciative of how he's been welcomed by this team. He's coming in last minute to get a chance at the playoffs where he didn't get that chance in New York. And he's not trying to pretend like he, he knows he knows he's, he's got like a a unique opportunity here last minute. He just gave so much praise to his teammates, John Harbaugh. He's like, I just feel like it was meant for me to meet Harbaugh and this whole organization. So it's uh it's, it's nice to see those good vibes heading into this.
1: That Michael Irvin take, not looking so hot right now from a couple weeks ago, just ripping him for not joining the Dallas Cowboys. Well, you already would have been one and done if that were the case. Here's John Harbaugh before we show you the official injury report going into Saturday on a few notable key injuries.
4: Uh, it could go there. Uh, Duvernay looks good. I'd say he's going to play for sure. Mark is uh, still up in the air. Uh, uh, Marlon, you know, it's a little dicey right now with Marlon. He hasn't practiced. Uh, I don't know if he'll make it. Uh, He's probably the person I'm least optimistic about right now.
1: (laughs) Which matches up with (laughs) what we saw unfold in this injury report. And for the audio-only audience, here's what we're looking at. Uh, Mark Andrews at the top of the list after being a full participant two of the three days this week. He's been listed as questionable, Sarah, so sure looks like there's a chance, pretty decent chance if you ask me, that he's going to give it a shot. Jadavian Clowney, who popped up on the injury report this week just with an illness and missed Wednesday, was a full participant on Thursday. So he should be good to go. Devin Duvernay, it's pretty clear that he's going to be your guy returning to uh, return specialist duties with Tylen Wallace marked out with that knee at the bottom of this injury list as I kind of hop around the board here. Let's see if I can do it accurately. (laughs) Zay Flowers is a full participant. He already told reporters earlier this week that that would be the case. So good to have him out there. He's been nursing that calf. Malik Harrison with a groin. He's a full participant back-to-back days. Marlon Humphrey has been ruled out. We'll get back to him in just a second because he's barely even practiced at all in the last three weeks. Adafé Owe, who popped up this week with that ankle, he's been a full participant Wednesday and Thursday. He'll be good to go. Delshawn Phillips is questionable with a shoulder. Like I said, Tylan is out. And then our Darius Washington, who's in the middle of that IR return window along with Duvernay and Mark Andrews, He's been listed as questionable. No, Marlon's a big loss. Hopefully they feel confident enough, Sarah, about what they have this week, their chances, and that Marlon will be good to go by the divisional round. But what we do know is, I'm sorry, by by the championship weekend. But what we do know is, as Jeff noted earlier in the week and we covered, he's barely even gotten on the practice field in three weeks since sustaining that injury on uh, New Year's Eve.
2: Yeah, uh, and I feel bad for him. I, I mean, you know he wants to be out there. And then he has uh, people coming at him for having a a podcast, as if that somehow affects his availability. So um, somebody on on uh, you know Twitter is like se- goes after him because he's ruled out. He's like, "Bro, talking on the pod, but ain't playing in the game with two weeks off." And then he tagged Jack Settleman, who does the podcast, and he tagged with, with Marlon, and he tagged Marlon. So Jack, I'm glad he came. He came and and. Uh, spoke on Marlon's defense on his on his behalf and he tweets I'm gonna say this once and then it'll be the last I speak on this one Marlon is dying to get back on the field working on his every working on this every single day two there is no correlation between what someone does in their free time and playing football I mean most part yes I mean if you did drugs or something, right? It's going to it's gonna affect you. Uh, but to his point, we're basically talking about a podcast, okay? It's definitely not affecting him and his playing football. Number three, all your favorite athletes are playing video games this week when they're not at practice, watching film, working out. Stop being an idiot, respectfully. It just, to me, Bobby, <laughs> is very simplistic to be like, oh, he's on a podcast, therefore, therefore, that's what's affecting him playing? Like, so if we're going to be that simplistic, I mean, Roquan Smith has been on our show. Do we now argue, hey, athletes, come on our show. That means that you'll be able to play all 17 games and in the playoffs. I mean, there's no correlation. There's no correlation to Roquan Smith being on our podcast almost all season and him being healthy all season. Like, come on. Like, it's just too simplistic to go that route. Marlon and 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 players should be able to talk about football in their spare time. It's just its just a silly take.
1: A lot of these guys are setting themselves up for post-careers, too. I mean, look what the Kelsey brothers yeah. have done, being that Jason's probably going to walk away this year. They have, like, the top-rated podcast in, in all of sports, like, nationwide. Yeah. And I'm sure he's going to want to – I'm sure there's multiple networks already calling him, being that there have been reports out there. By the way, I thought it was kind of Bush League that some reports leaked – that he was retiring and then he actually hasn't announced his retirement yet. Yeah. And it's just like that classic, everybody wants to be first. And there are some moments that just warrant respect and privacy. And I feel like that's one of them. So too bad that it ended up getting leaked. And who knows what he said in the locker room after the Eagles lost last weekend. But uh, we're losing one of the game's greats, no doubt. Here's the Houston perspective, just from an injury standpoint. And they're in pretty good shape. I mean, Laramie Tunsil, who popped up on this list, we talked with John McClain about him. He's not even on this. The only guy that's definitely ruled out for them is Jerry Hughes, who's a defensive end. Uh, But other than that, they're in pretty good shape. Their edge rushers are back and ready to roll. Uh, They do have two guys that are listed at questionable. Their tight end. Uh, I'm sorry, their tackle, George Fant, uh, and their fullback, Andrew Beck. Both those guys were limited. Um, Actually, well, Fant didn't play on Thursday. But moral of the story is both teams are relatively even evenly balanced uh, in the injury st- uh, in the injury category.
2: Yeah, I think that both teams for the most part are going to be full force. Like Marlon's going to be out, right? But on their on the flip side, while well, they only have Hughes here, who's out, but they just put on uh Noah Brown, right? Their wide receiver yep. on IR and they already put um Tank on there. Thank so yeah. which yeah, which according to uh, John McClain is really the big one. And he's, he's been there for a while. So they're definitely down in the wide receiver category. Raven's now down a, one in the, in the cornerback category. Uh, so maybe, so you could argue it's, it's pretty even out.
1: Yeah. They're going to be leaning on a couple Robert Woods, John Metchie, the third Dalton yep. Schultz is their tight end. Singletary can do a little bit of everything in the, in the backfield, both running and catching. So. That'll be the playmakers that C.J. Stroud has at his disposal. Here's what you'll have at your disposal if you're heading out to the game on Saturday. Legend of the game, as we sort of got tipped off thanks to Glenn Clark's show earlier in the week, is in fact Jacoby Jones, Super Bowl-winning Raven. So looking forward to seeing him run out of the tunnel and get the bank fired up. Your honorary captain, Cal Ripken Jr., Mr. Iron Man. Little Orioles flavor for you. A pregame flyover is going to happen. Let me just go big screen here for those of you who maybe struggle in the eyesight department. Uh, The halftime performance, Jimmy Eat World. Ravens Walk opens up at 1230. Gates open up to the stadium at 230. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be great. You know where I'll be, of course. Be more around town. 801 West Austin Street. Jimmy Smith, Ed Dixon, Jermaine Lewis are going to be dropping by as Ravens Legends. I'll be on the air for probably a little bit longer than usual, probably like 2 o'clock till kickoff, which will be fun to go a little bit longer. It's going to be a long day, but it'll be fun. We live for this stuff. This is what we work for all year long. It's going
2: to be a long day. It's a a home playoff game.
1: Yep, it has to be. That's the only way we know how. So Ravens are rolling out the red carpet for you, and there are still tickets available, by the way. So come on now. Place has got to be jumping. Here are your threads. Say flowers rocking it on the Ravens graphic. Purple on black. You okay with that fit?
2: I think the Ravens heard the fans on that one. (laughs) They did not want white. They did not want white. Only thing better, I like this one. Only thing better is black on black, but maybe that'll be the AFC, uh, if they make it that far, the AFC uh, Conference Championship.
1: That'd be dope. And What was also dope is how I began my day (laughs) on Thursday. I began my day by scrolling through Instagram sometimes in bed before you get up, snoozing that alarm or whatever. And Roquan, probably up hours before me, knowing him, has a quote, and it reads as follows. Have you ever sat with yourself and thought about the concept of life? Time goes by fast. You don't get that back. Please go live. Love hard. Let go of fear. Love on yourself. Love the people around you. Appreciate the hardships. Trust your process. Feed your faith. And never forget to feel a lifetime isn't that long. I would have thought you wrote that. How about that?
2: That, yes, that is the truth. And hopefully if you're having a bad day, that helps lift you up and, and get through it. You, you tell yourself that on, on down days, you know what I mean? So, and up days, but certainly um, down days, but that is the most like carpe diem message ever, you know, like take advantage now. It does when you're young, you feel like you have forever. And then, you know, Roquan, Roquan wise beyond his years knows that this moment that's right in front of him, doesn't come around very often.
1: I was going to say, what is he, 26, 27? I yeah. love that. What you got on the grounds crew? They went. Uh, they were kind of the real MVPs oh, well, this, this week. Check this out.
2: So th- it's, it's obviously snowed in Owings Mills, and there was snow everywhere. We should it a while ago. Uh, the first day of the snow, they practiced indoors, but then the grounds crew gets to work. Check this out. That's the snow on one side. Then they had to clear a field on the other side just so they could get work in outdoors to prepare for this um divisional round so that is no joke right there and then harbaugh i'm glad gave them a little shout out for all the work they've been doing and you know they're doing it down at the stadium too i mean they they got a lot on their plate
4: and then just one last thing a shout out to the grounds crew for this week getting us a chance to get out there and practice that was a yeoman's effort they did a great job i I was watching them pull the the, the, uh the tarp on and off yesterday after practice there's about five of them you know that whole big tarp out there. So it's pretty impressive. So we got a strong grounds crew.
1: <laughs> I love it. Nice little touch there. Shout out to a couple of our OG patrons, Lauren Wonderlick and Ken Buckner. Thank you both for supporting us here inside the channel through Patreon. Your support, your donations go directly towards the betterment of our channel top down. And we appreciate you both. So shout out, Lauren, shout out, Ken, enjoy the postseason weekend. And uh, that that'll do it for us until my pregame show that'll be simulcast across all of our platforms, of course, as always, and then you and I will be on probably around eight o'clock or so, eight eight fifteen for a four thirty kick, assuming it doesn't go, uh, assuming it ends in regulation, which we all hope that it does, for your hearts. But but yeah, that's coming up. So four thirty kick, two o'clock pregame, eight o'clock ish once press conferences finish up post game so looking forward to that go check out our game preview episode for
2: my basketball game i'm supposed to coach saturday yeah. night i got a sub hopefully yep. they can win it for coach sarah but we're, we're moving forward
1: i love it that's a big deal too because to take you away from the court to take you away <laughs> from the sidelines is usually got to be something compelling so Play that's what we I'll have here yep So, anyway, appreciate you guys. Go check out that game preview with John McClain if you haven't already done so. And please, if you've been enjoying what we're doing here, like this video and subscribe to The Vault on YouTube along with our audio-only platforms as well. If you're an audio-only listener, sure would help to uh, leave us a a five-star review if you've been enjoying it. and Or I should say a five-star rating and a review if you have uh, a few minutes to do so. So, for my co-host, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday morning, Vault. We will catch you... Tomorrow, crazy. Tomorrow, it's a short week. Tomorrow. Football, football, Saturday in Baltimore in the bank. It's gonna be chilly. Make sure you dress very warmly, especially when it gets dark. But looking forward to it, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night.